What's up, y'all? My name is Ryan Shepard, and you're listening to the Dear Charlie podcast. This is day eight, episode seven of our little social experiment. And I'm glad that some of y'all have been able to stick around. Over the last few days, um, I've been asked a couple of times by a couple of different people about what my goal for this podcast is. And I really don't have any specific goals. Like this podcast wasn't created to create an audience or have mass fanfare. It was really as I explained in the first few episodes, as a kind of journal or diary. And whoever listened, great. Whoever wanted to talk about it, great. But it was more created, and I guess in a sense, so I had something to look back on in 15, 20 years to see where I was and where I may be going from here on out. So um, like I said, I'm, I'm very thankful for those of you that have listened in. And I just want to thank you so much for being a part of this and going through this journey with me. So today's episode is a little bit influenced by, well, not a little bit, it's entirely influenced by my one of my favorite writers, James Baldwin. I have a picture of him in my apartment, or artwork of him in my apartment, I should say. It's not a picture, it's artwork. And he has this quote that I, I really enjoy joy because it shapes the way I look at a lot of things, specifically the way I look at music as a music writer. I I often think about two quotes in one of his, but the first one is one from Drake, and I'm I'm blanking on the exact wording of it, but he basically, he was talking about So Far Gone, and he was kind of, I guess he was going back and forth with a fan or somebody, and he basically said, are you in love with the music? Are you in love with the time that you heard the music? And that was really, it's, it's, it goes hand in hand with what Drake is because Drake doesn't necessarily say profound things in his music necessarily, which I've always, what I've always marveled at Drake, Drake says, has thinks the simple, he comes up with the simplest ways to say the things that we're all thinking. And I think that's what makes his music so relatable and so powerful is that, I guess powerful isn't the right word, but so popular is comes up with these Instagram captions. And I think when people like come think of Instagram caption lyrics, they think of things that are simplified and that are not very well, they're not thoughtful. But for to create a caption or a quote that can go with a number of people in a number of different settings in their lives, so whatever picture they've taken, they want to post those lyrics because those lyrics fit that picture. And to have say something that's so simple, but yet relates to so many different people is difficult. It's not an easy thing to do. If you don't believe me, go and try to write what Drake has written. He he says he says the most profound things, but he makes them very simple and so relatable. And that made me think of that music because it's he's that quote because it's so simple. It's not really to, like it took a whole lot of thought to come up with that quote, but it's very true that we oftentimes romanticize the music in the time that we heard it. I often get teased for my my fandom of Tanache the singer. And part of the reason, the moment I became a Tanache fan was my senior year in high school. She had this, her first, I guess, big hit was Two On with School by Q. And that came out the spring of my senior year of high school. So when I was going out and I was having all these like monumental moments in my life as a young adult, getting ready to finish high school and go off to college, I was hearing her music. So I'm always going to relate 
her music. The same thing with Ray Sherman. I be I'm a huge Ray Sherman fan because not necessarily they've just made this groundbreaking music, but because of the time they came out, they came out their first hit, No Flex One, which I actually hated. I did not like No Flex One when it first came out. I hated it, but their music that came on after and their album, which is a lot better, actually their first two albums are a lot better than what people give them credit for being, came out my freshman and sophomore year of high school, I believe. I mean, of college, I believe. Which you're, all of your years of college, your time in college, but especially your freshman year is very like pivotal and like some it's moments that you don't forget. So hearing that music at that period in time hits for me. Now going into the second quote that I mentioned earlier um, that influences the way that I look at music is a quote from James Baldwin. And forgive me if I'm misquoting him, but he said or he wrote that people are trapped in history and history is trapped in them. And that goes right along with the Drake quote that their music is inside them and they are also trapped in that moment. There aren't too many artists that are able to extend over periods and periods of time. They're usually trapped in a moment. And whenever you hear their music, that that song brings you back to that moment. Like I always I always associate Jay-Z and Alicia Keys' Empire State of Mind with the Yankees winning this World Series. I believe it is in 2010. I always associate those things or 2009, either 2009 or 2010. Um, but I always put those two songs, those that song and that moment together. The same thing with Two On, the same thing with the So Far Gone tape. I'll always remember where I was and what period of my life that was in or nothing was the same. I, I personally, objectively, I believe that nothing was the same is Drake's best album, but I also can't forget that that album came out at the beginning of my senior year of high school. So it also, like Tuan is, it's trapped in that moment. And it's always going to bring back those those memories for me. So I say all of that to get to, I guess, last night's events, which I mentioned on the podcast last night because I recorded it after the Babyface and Teddy Riley battle. But I guess what kind of disappointed me in how the babyface Teddy Riley battle. I guess I, let me back it up, back it up. So I'm going to break this down as if you've never heard music before. I'm sure the majority, if not all the people listen to this podcast know who Teddy face. I mean, baby, Teddy Riley and Teddy Riley and babyface are, but if you don't know, they are some of the, I don't even know if producers the right way to like describe what they do. They are singers, songwriters, record producers, instrumentalists. They do a lot of different things. So for Teddy Riley, Teddy Riley, I'll just rattle off some of the people. Teddy Riley has worked with Michael Jackson, Bobby Brown, Keith Sweat, Dougie Fresh, um, Heavy D and the Boys, High Five. uh, And he, I guess he's most... Aaron Hall. I'm, I'm just I'm just going through all the names that are just coming to me at this point in time. Uh, I'm trying to think. He also, I'm pretty sure he's worked with, because they're both from Virginia Beach. I'm pretty sure he's also worked with Pharrell as well, or at least mentored Pharrell, or they have some type of relationship. But Teddy Riley's worked on songs you may remember, like 
the show six mangas that you fresh on uh uh on uh uh on and do you remember the time and no diggity and all these great like records that are just they're timeless because they all I think no diggity probably no diggity did come I believe came out and after I was born but I was a child so I I say all that to say their music is trapped in that period of time that it came out but it's timeless at the same time so I guess that goes to James Baldwin's quote like their music is trapped in that history, but that history is within them. So whenever they, wherever they go, that history travels with them, and then travels with them to that battle. And the same thing could be could be said for Babyface, but I'm not going to go into Babyface's catalog because uh, he came out looking good in all of this in this battle. So if you didn't get to watch it, um, for me, I personally, they basically played 20 songs each. I I had. Babyface winning 13 to 12. And part of that reason had to do with Teddy Riley's, not necessarily the music, but his antics and his inability to work IG Live or just find somebody that was willing to help him or just ask for help. But I kind of just gave Babyface the rounds just because part of what Teddy Riley did in. They were supposed to battle about three weeks ago. Then it was later revealed that Babyface and his family had been diagnosed with with coronavirus. So they had to postpone it a week. Babyface is not doing better, thankfully. And when they got to do it the first time, Teddy Riley had a whole band set up. He was just doing a lot for what he just really had to play records. If At one point in last night's battle, he pulled out a piano. That's fine. But Teddy Riley last week had a band, background dancers, a green screen. It was he was just doing way too much for what the battle required, which is just play the music. If you want to add a little razzle daddle, sure, but a little, not a whole band. It's a whole performance. That's not what this is for. And then we get to last night's the actual battle. We have issues at the beginning, but it only took about like ten to fifteen minutes to get things sorted out. Which okay, cool. That's great. And then we get through the first, I want to say, 18 rounds. Like, we get through the first 18 rounds with little to no interruptions or things going wrong. We had a little issue with, like, maybe the sound could be a little bit louder on Teddy Riley's side, but that that wasn't, like, a huge deal. We were still able to hear the music and enjoy the music. And we get to the very end, and we're almost home. And then Teddy Riley doesn't know how to request people in his IG Live. I mean, get people in his IG Live. And at that point, like, I guess my issue with Teddy Riley last night was this, the sense that he didn't ask for help until it was too late. Like, he knew going into this. He had to know going into this. One, I have to be able to play music. And one, me and Babyface have to be in the same video. Because he had done that the first time. They had been able to do that. So... If you know going into this, you have to do it, and I don't really know how to do it, you should have you should be able to have someone sitting there with you, whether it be your wife, whether it be your kids, somebody in that house. Because there were multiple people in that studio or that house or wherever he was that were around him 
that probably could have helped him before we got to the point that we can't even finish the battle correctly. And then it led to this thing where now people are kind of like, it's it's one thing to joke about Teddy Riley's technical, his technical difficulties and the things that he doesn't know how to work. That's one thing. Like, jokes are jokes. There's nothing off limits on Twitter. But what got to me and led to me to today's question is, like, people fronting on Teddy Riley's catalog. And that got to me. Like, there were, I saw a bunch of people that said they knew who Babyface was. They know Babyface's music, but they don't know Teddy Riley. And I just, it's just like, what? How do you not know who Teddy Riley is? And this wasn't coming from, like, 15 and 16-year-olds on Twitter. Because we, we have that, I guess, that ongoing generation divide in hip-hop. Where people born after the year 2000 don't know, necessarily know who, don't necessarily know who Tupac is or... Biggie's catalog or Wu-Tang or this, that, and the third. Okay, whatever. You were born afterwards. But I'm talking about 25, 20... People older than me that don't know Teddy Riley's catalog. Now, obviously, me being a music writer, as I said before, I have to know these things or I should know these things. So I make it my business to go out and to learn as much about my craft as possible. So I, I, I may not have mentioned it earlier. I was scoring round by round. I didn't have to necessarily look up... I think only one of those songs I had to look up um, for the when I was listening to songs that they were doing. I think only one of them in 20 rounds I had to look up or 18 rounds because they didn't really get to 20. But I knew all of those songs because I, one, grew up in a black household. And if you grew up in a black American household, you are more than likely going to hear those songs at some point or a good portion of those songs. So like the show, you're going to hear it. Do you remember the time? You're going to hear it. Uh, rock um, just got paid. All those songs, like you're just gonna hear them. But there were songs like, like Karen White's catalog. You, you may not know Karen White's name, but I knew that because I made it my business to, as when I was getting into music writing, to go back and listen to certain things. I think one summer when I was interning for HBO, I would listen to a different album that came out before I was born or I hadn't listened to um, and listen to that on the way into work every day. That's how I stumbled upon a Karen White. That's how I stumbled. I knew who Blackstreet was, but I, I didn't know Blackstreet's entire catalog before I did stuff like that. And this was even before I became a music writer. I just wanted to know what I was listening to and where certain things were coming from. But just to hear people who are older than me and say they don't tweet out things like I didn't really know who Teddy Riley was before. That's crazy to me. That's that that's crazy to me. And it's brought up this thing in me. Like, at what point do we say, like, like as a as a culture, I, I guess I don't like the word culture because it's overused, but like, do you say like, I'm not a part of this conversation because I don't know. And I guess that would get to my dad. At, my question about dad is his opinion on social media. Like, is it is it a benefit or a negative that everybody has a voice, even in conversations that they don't have the knowledge to be speaking, to be a part of? I guess, and this is like a very, this is a very frivolous example of the larger conversations that people have 
that people talk about. One of those big things that you could say, no, it was coronavirus. But then again, most of us, and I mean the large percent of the population, me included, like don't know what the heck is going on with COVID-19. And I say I don't know what's going on. I don't mean I don't know anything. But does anybody, does the average person not really, really know how this thing is spread? Like I, I would, I would really like, cause I'm still confused on, is this thing definitively? Do we know it's if it's airborne? Do we know like the most common ways you spread it, or, or are we gonna look back in five to ten years and say like those masks that we're wearing over our faces, because of the science that we know five to ten years that we have available to us five to ten years from now, are we gonna look back at this and say, wow, those face masks didn't really stop anything? Like we do, we really know. So I'm, and that's a more serious conversation where people are just offering their opinions on everything that's going on with the coronavirus, and the majority of people don't know. That's why for me, like I may make a joke or two, like say something like silly, but I'm not ever gonna say like definitively. I know what's going on with the coronavirus because at least the like the how it's spread and the the science of it all, the science behind it all, and the research that's going into understanding how this how this is being spread i'm not going to speak on it that i may speak on the economic impacts or the impact it's having on music or the impact that it's having on television i may speak to that but not necessarily the science behind understanding what is going on with the coronavirus and to bring it back to our original initial conversation of just everybody having an opinion on something even if they don't know anything about it in terms of music it's very frivolous and I've tried to catch myself on certain things in certain points in my life because I'm very, I will debate music all the way through just because I love it that much. That's why it's part of my profession. So I get a little bit annoyed when I hear people like being very loud on Twitter, um, for lack of a better phrase, about this battle, considering that they don't really know anything about. Teddy Riley, or they didn't know anything about Teddy Riley going into this. And that scares me. Like it because we can make we can make jokes about certain things, but like Babyface, Babyface has undeniably has an influence on music, and he had he's had an influence on music for three going on four decades now. With that being said, if you want to ask me who of these two producers is having more of an influence on music today that's popular today, it is Teddy Riley, hands down. And one of the best examples of that is I'm forgetting off the top of my head um, the name of the song that is sampled on Big Sean's Play No Games. And I bring that um, song. If you if you don't know it, you've probably heard it. Big Sean's Play No Games with Chris Brown and Ty Dolla Sign is is a modern day classic R&B record. It is is a timeless record. It's almost like, I guess I would compare it to like Crew with Goldlink. It's a song that you could play in a crowd of anywhere between 15 and like 30. And they'll probably be able to tell you, oh, I've heard that before. Or I know the exact song. I know when it came out. This, that, and the third. Because it, it, it samples, I'm blanking on the song name right now. Um, but if, if, you, if you know Teddy Riley's catalog and you know um big sean if you can just listen to the big sean song you can hear the influence in it and i'm trying to pull it up now the name of the song to make sure one that it is 
because all of their like songs were starting to blend together. But also in like Teddy Teddy Riley, like he's like uh just I another one would be Let's Chill. Let's Chill is sampled on a Wally song of the same name, Let's Chill. You could just go he's produced for Jay Z. Like he could just and even though it's not and a lot of people making that point yesterday. The song he produced for Jay Z, which is City's Mind, is not necessarily like a great Jay Z song. It's like, eh. It's not bad, but it's not like, eh. It's more like, eh. And I found the song, the song's Peace of My Love by Guy. And that's the song that's sampled in Plano Games. And I could just go down a list of Teddy Riley songs that have been sampled in the last five to 10 years. Or you could just go to another song that I, I the one song I did have to look up was Rump Shanker. And I knew the song Rump Shaker, but I didn't know the name of the group. That's why I had to look it up. And I guess the other song was Deep by Blackstreet. I didn't know that off the top of my head. But Rump Shaker, if you listen to Rump Shaker, that is a song that if you drop that today, it would sound like it was dropped in 2020. It really fits into a lot of what's the music that is coming out today. So I just say all of this to say, like, I don't want to get on. I don't want to be the like, I don't want to be the young guy saying get off my lawn, like the young old guy that's saying get off my lawn with music. But it kind of annoys me on a, on a macro sense when people insert themselves in a conversation they don't know anything about. Because even me, I didn't know if I should be out there like being extra loud about this battle because I wasn't alive when most of this music came out. I love it as if it did come out when I was alive and I have a knowledge of it and I have an understanding of it. But there's, there is something that to be said for actually living through certain areas of your life and it, it's kind of hard. So I guess I can just say the question I would want to ask my dad, one is who he would have picked in this battle, but two, like, at what point do you say, like, you stepped at back from a conversation and say, like, it's not worth an argument? Because, like, that's how I feel about the certain things. Like, I, the, when, I piece, when I see people hating on certain things that I love, more often than not, I don't get offended because everything's not for everybody. Like, I don't, like, for example, I, lo- I, I really like the movies Queen and Slim, and a lot of people hated it. Didn't really bother them. Everybody hated it because it's just a movie at the end of the day. And I understand understood why people didn't like it. But on the other hand, like with this Teddy Riley thing, Teddy Riley's producing a lot of things that people love now, but don't want to give him the credit for. It, and that bothers me because in part of that is his own doing, because sometimes people can just be turned off to your music by the antics and the things going around it and the things that he did in the IG battle. But at the same time, it's Teddy Riley. Now people are going to be out here saying, like, Teddy Riley can't go with some producers today. Like, saying, oh, um, Boy Wonder would watch Teddy Riley. Boy Wonder would get killed by Teddy Riley in a battle. Teddy Riley has timeless music. Go look up his discography. Put on that music. And don't just look at the title, because you may not know the title, And I'm talking to people my age, I guess people older than me would know the title or even not because I'm starting to learn that certain people older than me that don't know who Teddy Riley is. But if just don't just look at the title, put on, go on YouTube. It's probably like a hour long video. Sometimes they do it for like certain artists and producers. 
the best of this artist. Put in the best of Teddy Riley. I guarantee there will not be a song on there that you have not heard. His music is timeless. It crosses so many generations. So I guess I would want to ask my dad who he would have taken in this, who's his personal favorite, what his favorite song from each producer was. And on, I guess, a more broad note, just like, at what point do you step back from a conversation and admit, I don't know enough about this to talk about it? So I guess that's it for today's episode. Thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. I hope you all having a good day. Stay safe. Stay inside as much as possible. And don't fall for the okie doke because people are trying to rush people back out because, well, a lot of small businesses could use the money right now with people being all out. But just know that. At a certain point, you got to make a decision between your health and your finances. And as much as it's it's a difficult decision for a lot of people to make. So I I, I just praying for everybody out there that just, just stays healthy as possible and gets through this both financially, both health wise and everything. So have a great day. See you all tomorrow. Talk to you tomorrow. Bye. Chicago, have a dream in New Orleans Fall in love in Chicago I want to love you I want to love you I want to love you